This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, a realistic, no BS approach to effective and profitable investing. Everything from options trading to real estate. Once I'm done with you, you'll be itching to tell your boss to take a hike. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in your face about the real way to make money and change your family tree. It's time to start thinking like a winner. So buckle up, sugar cup. It's about to get real. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining the Making Millionaires podcast, where we try to cut through the insanity of the investing world and learn how to educate ourselves with reason and logic to make money consistently. I'm Andrew from the Options Millionaire community, your host, and thanks for taking the time with us. It's been very humbling growing this community over the past year. Uh, we, you know, I've seen all sorts of personalities. I've seen all walks of life, all nationalities from all over the country, all over the world, personalities, investing styles. I've looked at people and say, he doesn't need to be investing. I've looked at people and say, dang, that dude's going to go far. I've seen it all in between. And the biggest thing is not necessarily smart. So there are some dudes that have only been trading for a very short amount of time, but can regurgitate unreal amounts of knowledge. The dudes are just incredibly book smart. They, you know, they can regurgitate information and information and information, stuff that I don't even know. And then there's some people that barely know anything. Uh, and everyone seems to know how to make money. And there's a lot of people that lose money. So I think the biggest thing comes down, in my opinion, to your mind, the emotional side of things. You can have someone that's incredibly smart, incredibly book smart, who knows everything in the book, but consistently takes big losses or doesn't know how to manage their account. It all comes down to the type of trader you are and who you are as a person outside and inside of the computer. When you're trading, who you are away from the computer is going to be how you interact with the market when you're at the computer. If you're a very emotionally charged person who gets aggravated or, or depressed very easily, then it's going to be difficult for you to control your emotions a little bit more than someone who's a little more disciplined. If you're someone who has no problem getting up at four o'clock in the morning to grind out the discipline to go to the gym and be fit, then you're probably going to you're probably going to have the same discipline to sit at the computer and learn and control yourself when trading. But the biggest proponent of all of that in terms of your emotional side of trading is fear. Uh, I think fear drives us all to make stupid decisions, including myself. Uh, when you're sitting at the computer and, and and things are going wrong, or even things are not going at all, you just can't even make an entry because you're so scared of the possibility of losing money that uh, it, it it can cuffs us all. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today: is not only how do you deal with the fear, but how do you identify it beforehand, and how do you how do you account for it beforehand before you even make a trade, so you can learn how to be consistent and profitable. Just a few things that I've learned how to discipline myself to be a better trader. So what is fear? I mean, we talk about fear all the time, but what actually is fear in terms of trading? Well, it depends. That could be different from a lot of people. If you've got a small account, you're terrified of blowing up your account. You're terrified of, you maybe you only have 500, 600 bucks in your account and one or two bad trades and boom, you're done. Or a fear of having to confront your wife or your spouse or your husband or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is that, hey, you know, I lost a lot of money today. I blew up our account. I lost our lost savings. Fear of being in an online community and posting that, hey, I took a loss or whatever it is. My biggest fear right now in trading is me running this community is is posting for thousands to see a colossal loss or a, uh, a just a very disastrous play. Not only because I'm going to take the loss, but because I know that there are people following my plays. And yeah, that sucks, man. 
it's an additional level of fear that I've had to inject into my trading in the past year since I started this community is that that's that's a big part of it is I have to uh, deal with the possibility that one day I'm, I'm going to post a colossal loss and people are going to follow it and people are going to lose a lot of money. And uh, that's something that weighs on me heavily every single day that I trade. And it has affected some of the plays that I've taken or not taken. Uh, and I've really focused on had to grind that out of my out of my mindset and just trade my system. But there are a couple of different things we're going to talk about today in terms of fear. One of them is the emotional attachment to money, gambling, fear of missing out. Uh, and the two biggest ones, to my, in my opinion, and the, the most important ones are uh, the inability to tolerate any kind of risk or risk management. And then the absolute disrespect of the nature of the market. And we'll kind of go over all these and talk through these so you can kind of get a handle on which one is really bigger for you, prevalent for you, and figure out how to go from there. Uh, but the first one's the emotional attachment of money. I think that's something we can all really relate to, uh, especially in the United States. And everything is monetary. You know, we have a big attachment to the money. We work hard. The American dream, you know, go work your 40-hour week job. You get your White House picket fence, you know, golden golden retriever. You got your wife and two, three kids or husband and two and three kids. So you got the American dream. Uh, and all that is tied to money. You you know, you can't make a scene if you don't have the green. Anyone ever see that movie, The Mask, Jim Carrey back in the 90s? I mean, it's you, you can't do anything without money. You can't save the world without money. You can't donate. You can't philanthropy. You can't help people. You can't, you know, buy a house. You can't do anything without money. So uh, we take our hard-earned money that you go to work for, and then you put it in the market, and uh, you lose it. And you you get very very emotional because there's a hard earned work. I just I just lost a year salary in a month, or I just lost a day's salary in five minutes, or I just lost my week salary in two trades. And unfortunately, it's it's part of the game, um, and that will drive you to make stupid decisions, either cutting a position that otherwise would have been profitable short, uh, whether holding a position that you could have cut for a two percent loss and you hold it into a 50, 60, 70 percent loss that you just turned a little scratch on the service to an overwhelmingly negative win. It just causes you to do stupid stuff. Uh, so that emotional attachment to money is is very, very uh, destructive. And you have to be realized that you have to remove that emotional attachment to money. Money is just a tool to for you to utilize to do other stuff. And it's you have to remove that attachment because having emotional attachment to money is not gonna do anything good. And we're gonna talk more about how to overcome that later. Second one is gambling. Uh, this is one that is honestly not too, too prevalent in the community. We do have some people that, you know, do definitely have a gambling style um, uh, strategy. And it's definitely prevalent in the investing community because people treat this as a roulette wheel. You know, instead of, instead of you know, red or black on the roulette wheel, it's calls or puts. I want a thousand bucks on calls. And you throw it down and all you're doing is yelling at the computer like somebody at a racetrack at the horse at the horse track yelling for the number three horse to come around the corner or they're like let's go baby let's go 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 and you know if you if you want to have fun with the market absolutely you know you know i definitely want people to have fun doing this because honestly if once you learn how to invest the proper way the realistic way this actually can be a very very rewarding career i know everyone talks about you know gives crap to trading and investing and it's emotionally destructive and it very well can be and it's absolutely can be emotionally destructive but once you learn how to do it safe and responsibly this it actually can be very very rewarding so i want people to have fun with it you know i love taking a trade and things go my way and i'm up big it's 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 awesome because not only is it monetarily rewarding but now i get to share those wins with thousands of people who watch me trade and like man this is awesome like we can learn together what did i do right and it's a great feeling so it can very, definitely be very fun but 
from a gambling mentality, you want to make sure we have processes in place. And uh, once you, you can kind of define the processes and figure out what, why, when, how you took a trade, you can kind of remove that gambling mindset uh, because gambling, obviously, is no bueno for anybody. Uh, the next one I think we can pretty much all relate to, and that is FOMO, fear of missing out. And then this one is incredibly prevalent in an online investing community because you see everyone making money, taking trades. Maybe you take a put where everyone else is taking calls and they're all making money and you missed out. Uh, but FOMO, it's it's incredibly destructive because you see a move being made, you've missed it. Now you jump in a trade and then by the time you jump in the trade, the move's already been made and reverses on you and where everyone else made money on a big move, you took a loss. And this is where you get into the situation where on a very red day, you lose on puts. So on a very green day, you lose on calls because what happens is like, let's say a very trend up day. Uh, the, one of the big moves is made. You take a call at the very top of a retracement where it rejects. It comes back down a little bit. You exit the call. You lose money, and then it reverses and continues on upwards. Uh, but you already took the loss on a call, and that's that's the worst part is taking is losing calls on a very strong trend up day or losing on puts on a very strong trend down day, and it's because of FOMO. Uh, you, you lead, it leads yourself into rejecting all your technical analysis, all your system, and you jump at a play just randomly because you want to catch the trade, and unfortunately, uh, it pulls back right on you. So uh, fear of missing out, incredibly destructive, and I think it's something that all retail investors struggle with, uh, even at, especially at the start when you're first starting out because uh, you don't know how to cut that little emotion out and, and stop yourself from just jumping in a trade. And that's that random thing is jumping in a trade. It, that's exactly what it FOMO does. It causes you to jump into trade without any kind of process or system. You just, all right, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to miss this move. So boom, I'm in. And uh, there's no processes, and that turns into gambling and hoping, and uh, it, it's just never good for everybody. Never good for anybody. Uh, the last two, which to me are the most important ones, is oh, the, the first one is the inability to tolerate risk. We simply just can't overcome the feeling that we don't really have any control over the market and you don't you have zero zilch no control over the market you have no control over the news that hits you have no control over the algorithms that are manipulate the market you have no control over when a major head fund or big institution wants to decide to dump shares and the market tanks or bid it up like it did back in march of 2022 where we went 500 points on the spx in 11 trading sessions you you can't control when that crap happens so the inability to tolerate risk, uh, people don't know how to really control their system and control themselves in the midst of a very risky environment that is the market. And it's what causes you to make terrible decisions. It's what causes you to uh, double check yourself before you enter and you miss a trade. It's what causes you to cut trades early. Uh, it, it's what causes you. In fact, I posted something on my Twitter account the other day, which is kind of drove me to actually making this episode. Why do you cut winners short and let losers run why do you bag hold losers into oblivion but you let the second you see green you cut them out now trust me i'm all about taking profit i'm all about you know taking those five percent five to ten percent wins however uh that is not always technically sound if you see everything pointing up and everything's going to go up up and up then the technically sound decision is to let those winners run uh, now, I just don't want to blindly cut a 10% just because it's a 10% because just like I don't want to trade my P&L on the downside, I don't want to trade my P&L on the upside. I want to let my system do the talking. Uh, now, scaling out, obviously, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a fantastic day. But the inability to tolerate risk is what causes you to do dumb stuff. Uh, you know, you're going to you're gonna 
question yourself on entries. You're going to miss entries because of it. You're going to cut winners short. You're going to let the winners run because you, that you can't process the fact that this is a risky environment and there's a very high level of risk at all times. And you have to overcome that by injecting your system, which we're going to talk more about the fixes after all of this. But uh, it's incredible because, you know, we as humans, it's hard for us to sit in a bathtub of risk. And that's what you do when you trade. There's risk around every corner. Uh, there's a news event. There are uh, anomaly events. There's algorithms. There's there's the investor manipulation, the institutional manipulation where they can dump it or run it up. You have all these processes. You've got, all right, you've got OPEX. You've got, you know, Delta hedging, you've got Vanda rallies, you've got short coverings, you've got all this stuff that can pop out of nowhere that makes no logical sense whatsoever because the market doesn't run on logic. The market runs on data. The mechanics of the market are very, very different from logic and has logic has no place in the market, unfortunately. And it's very hard for us to do that because we start thinking, all right, we have inflation, we've got Russia, we've got CPI, we've got rate hikes, we've got QE, we've got or I'm sorry, QT, quantitative tightening. We've got all this stuff. It's like, man, the market should be in the ground right now, but yet it's just rallying, rallying, rallying. Well, because uh, we can't face the fact that this is a risky environment that doesn't deal with logic. It deals with market mechanics. How does the market make money? How does the, mar how does the market adjust? And how do the big institutions place their trades and their systems to make them money and heads against the downside or heads against losses? And the last one, which I think is something that uh, is very, very, I think, I think in my opinion is the most important, is that we just, we don't respect the nature of the market. It's blatant disrespect of the nature of the market. To be arrogant enough to come in off the sidelines, open up a brokerage account as a brand new investor, put a thousand bucks in there, and you're going to get mad over every loss. That would be me. That would be like me who hasn't swung a golf club in three years, going out to Augusta National Masters golf course right up against Tiger Woods and being very aggravated or getting mad when I chunk a shot into the water because I haven't swung a golf club in three months. Uh, it's just silly. It's silly to get mad. Like I see these you know, these 17-year-olds out on the golf course and they're chucking clubs and they're kicking and screaming and cussing and yelling obscenities whenever they chunk a shot. And it's like, do you expect to play professional golf uh, when you haven't even practiced or you're not putting in 10,000 golf shots a week to, to get better at that. It's like the fact that you're coming in as a new trader uh, with $1,000 and you're sitting down in front of your brokerage account, your free Robinhood brokerage account with no skin in the game, with no investing knowledge except for some technical indicators, and you're getting upset and pissed and mad that you're taking losses is, is, is ridiculous to me. Uh, losses happen to everyone. I don't care who you are. Uh, I don't care how good you are, how smart you are, how much knowledge you have. This is still educated guessing, educated guessing, and you're removing as much risk as possible, but there is still risk. And the fact that you could sit there at the computer and take a loss and get upset about it to me is, is ridiculous. And it's wasted energy. It's wasted effort. And all you're doing is emotionally destroying yourself for no reason because you're going to take a loss. So the, the blatant disrespect of the nature of the market, that, that to me is the biggest one. We don't fully respect the market. We don't fully grasp the gravity and the, the density of the manipulation behind it. And I don't use manipulation in a sense of conspiracy, uh, but the market is manipulated in a sense that is controlled by institutions. Big money rules the market. Uh, and we, there's nothing we can absolutely, there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Even collectively as retail traders, there's absolutely nothing we can do about the market. We may be able to manipulate as retail traders, a single stock. I think we saw that with GameStop, but as a whole, as a collective, we cannot manipulate the overall S and P, the Dow Jones and NASDAQ. We cannot manipulate the entire market. It's just that the investors are too big. So it is manipulated by the institutional investors. 
uh, there's nothing we can do about it. So, you know, you have to have a very healthy respect uh, for the market itself to even begin to be successful in this market. Because we can, once you can respect that this market can turn against you in a dime and there's nothing you can do about it and you're just you're you have to control what you can control. Uh, I think you could really start to to become a mature trader. I'm not going to say successful, but I'm going to say mature, because once you start maturing as a trader emotionally, you can start really focusing on your profits and start developing a system that's that's productive and longstanding throughout all the different economic conditions. So yeah, uh, to recap, we've talked about the emotional attachment to money, gambling, FOMO, the inability to tolerate risk, and of course the two biggest one or the the two biggest ones are the inability to tolerate risk and the, the disrespect of the market. So let's talk about a little bit how to fix those things, uh, how to fix all of those, which I think can be applicable to all of us. Uh, and I think the biggest one in the most obvious one is to have a plan, have a system in place that's structural, that's written down, keyword written down. I don't care if it's typed up. I would prefer to have it on hard paper because you know there's, there's an intimate connection there when you're writing it with your own handwriting, you're looking at it, you're reading it, you have to connect with it. I promise you writing it down will help it. If you've got any kind of goal, fitness goal, financial goal, uh, faith goal, family goal, whatever goal you've got, write it down. I promise you, like it'll even it'll increase your odds of success when you just write it down because that's a, there's a level of accountability there. Uh, because when you do not accomplish a task that's related to your goal and you sit there and you're reading it with your eyes, you kind of feel a little tinge of, hey, I didn't do what I needed to do. Uh, and I'm sitting there looking at it. It holds yourself accountable. So have a plan before you trade. That'll help you do all that stuff. And then that, you know, obviously you have to tie in discipline. But, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, are you going to be an EMA trader? Are you going to be a time frame trader? Are you going to be a tick trader? Are you going to be a volume price analysis like myself? I'm a volume and price action analysis trader. Uh, so have a plan. If I see big green candles and there's no volume associated with it on a choppy day, I'm not going to take a call there because that's, you know, there's a high probability it's going to be reversed. That's all we are is high probability traders. So you have to have a plan in place. So when you see, all right, you know, I see a move being made. I've kind of got the fear of missing out feeling. I don't want to miss this trade, but at the same time, I know there's a high probability this could be a, this could be reversed. So I'll just wait for my opportunity. Uh, and knowing that, knowing that there will always, always, always be other opportunities will help reduce that FOMO. There's always opportunities. The market will always provide opportunities to make money as long as you are patient. Uh, and that's the second one. Uh, the second one is patience. Uh, patience will will greatly help, and that kind of ties into overtrading. It's kind of a hand in hand. Patience and overtrading. I think of a vast majority of traders do not need to be trading every single day. Uh, I know as day traders, we we think that we need to sit here and trade fifteen times a day. And if you don't trade that day, you feel like you're not productive. When I think it's it's the opposite. I think you need to re, you need to focus on. I think it's a win to trade less. If I can trade three days a week and be green all three days, you're reducing your you're reducing your chances for losses. You're reducing your chances for giving stuff back. So trading less and having patience for the right setup is absolutely walk hand in hand, and I think is paramount in developing a great system. Uh, you know, we need to be able to identify high confidence setups and sit, instead of sitting here trying to scalp every single green candle, every single red candle, you need to be patient. Sit on your hands and wait for the high probability setups. And once you do that, think about think about if you did not care about any red candles and back in March, uh, you were able to get in on that mid 4100 SPX area where we went from 4100 to 4600 in the matter of 10 days. Imagine if you were patient enough to not play any puts or kind of just sit on your hands and then take a call 
and hold that thing for two weeks. I mean, you would have had 10,000% gains on calls. So the, the, the being patient, uh, trading less will help you identify those high probability swing trades, whether they swing up or swing down, you can identify those and you can identify the trend up days or the trend down days because you know what happens is you become impatient, you get yourself in a, maybe a short and then the market goes trend up and instead of taking advantage of that you know, nice healthy trend up day, uh, you are instead fighting a losing position and you're emotionally destroyed and you're like, oh, well, I just lost half the day's move on fighting puts. I'm down big on puts and now I take calls and they're going to reverse on me. And you start playing mental gymnastics with yourself and it's not fun for anybody. Trust me. So be patient. Uh, in addition to that, I think something that I no surprise to you if you've ever followed me, but small position sizes, this world where you need to rack up position sizes that are huge. Uh, I promise you it's the quickest way to go to zero and it's non-sustainable. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the best trader in the world. Uh, eventually you're going to be wrong in one wrong move with a big position size and you're done. That's it. Uh, your, your story as a trader is now up and uh, time for you to move about. So small position size will keep you o- over the water instead of underwater. It'll keep you profitable. It'll keep you in the green. Uh, I've t- I took a colossal, colossal loss in my world uh, back in February. And guess what? It didn't blow me up. It was the biggest loss I've had in about two years and it didn't blow up my account. In fact, I'm back over where I was. I've made all the money back up and then some. Why? Because of position sizes. And that was a healthy position size for me. And still the, the larger position size for me is still within the bounds of my risk tolerance where I'm not going to blow up my account. And what that does is it creates a force field around you. It creates a protective shield where no matter what the market cannot destroy you. It may destroy that one position, but the market cannot destroy you or your finances because you control your position sizes. Now, and I'm going to kind of segue into the next one with that, and that is control, focus or focus on what you can control. Control what you can control. You cannot control the market. You cannot control the hedge funds. You cannot control market mechanics. You cannot control news. You cannot control Russia. You cannot control what J-Pal is going to say, earnings reports etc 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 you can't control any of that you can't control the price action all you can do is control what you can control what can you control your entry point your exit point your system when you're going to enter how you're going to enter when you're going to exit your position sizing your stop losses your your limit orders for taking profits you're scaling out that's the stuff you can control those are your tools that you have to defend yourself against the market. It's very, very important to implement those processes to control what you can control. You cannot, if you take a call on a high probability setup, you cannot control a four inch red candle coming on your trading view chart and smoking that position. You can't control that. It's gonna happen. No matter what you do, there's a level of unpredictability in the market that you just can't account for, that nobody can account for. Everybody is going to face that situation where you take a high probability setup. You've done everything technically correct. It's a good trade, and the trade still goes against you for whatever reason. Maybe a news event drops, and just there's a massive candle opposite direction of your trade, and you get destroyed. What you can control is your stop losses. What you can control is your position sizing. Those are the things you can control. If I take a loss like that and I stop out, so be it. Guess what? All I'm going to do is focus on the next trade, the high probability setup to get me back in the green and bada-bing. So you do not have to focus on all that other crap. You have to focus on what you can control and you can control the stops, position sizing, entries, etc. Focus on what you can control 
and cut out all the noise. Who cares about the other crap? Who cares about playing? Like that's why I don't play earnings because I can't control earnings events. Especially I can't, especially when I'm holding position overnight on an earnings event. But I can control my position size. And when I play, when I do in the in the rare instances I do play earnings events, I use smaller position sizes. I took a small position size on Facebook and I made almost seventy thousand dollars on it. Why? Because it happened to be one of the biggest moves in history on Facebook. They dropped like twenty five percent overnight. And but still, you know, am I happy with sixty grand? Yeah. But if I didn't go right, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. So it just happened to be uh, what a six hundred and fifty percent gain on the, on the position, which is amazing. Uh, so if you are going to play those type of events, you know, control your position sizing, control what you can control, and be done with it. That's it. That's all you can do. And then of course the last one is you need to be able to trade uh, to to develop a trading log. Uh, focus on documenting your processes, your trades, your entries, all the data so you can start weeding out weaknesses. That's the whole point of a trading log. Not so you can post screenshots on on Twitter of, hey, I've got 15 green trades in a row, pat me on the back. The whole point of a trading log is to identify weaknesses. It's like I look at trading log as a PET scan to identify cancer. Like when I'm looking at my Excel sheet, I see this, the wrong, this, 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 this. Here's my trade logs in the past 100 trades. This is a common theme. That's how I can identify it, and I'm going to remove that. I'm entering, I'm taking too many puts on trend up days. I am taking too many losses on puts, so I'm going to eliminate puts or whatever it is. Use the trading log to identify weaknesses in your system to cut them out or to be aware of it so the next time that situation arises in the market, you can remove that process from your system and start to overcome those and be, be profitable. One of the big things I've talked about the past few weeks is that if you are consistently taking losses, consistently taking losses, my recommendation is to cut out downside positions, remove puts and remove shorting futures. That alone, because you know the, the whole adage is, is that bulls always get skinned. I'm sorry, long-term bears always get skinned. Bears always get skinned. Even in a bear market, long-term bears always get skinned. Why? Because the market always bounces. Always, 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 always. Even in downtrends, even in bear markets, we always have green, strong green days, no matter what. It may reverse and go back down the next day, but guess what? By the time you've held on to your puts, your puts are going to be destroyed. So... My adage is if you're taking consistent losses, remove those positions. And that's what kind of what helps trading logs do. Identify, hey, yes, I am taking consistent put losses on puts and down and shorts. So why don't I just cut those out? And just if it's a red day, cool. I'll go outside and enjoy the out, enjoy nature, and then I'll buy the dip or I'll, I'll wait for a green day and play that. And then until you start being more comfortable with identifying price actions, you still you still you get more comfortable identifying those situations where you do need to play puts and becoming more experienced. And then you can kind of trickle in puts, you can trickle in shorting and all that other stuff and, and be done with it. So a lot of different fixes there uh, into a, to identify fear and to deal with fear and overcome the fear of all these different things that we face as traders. And, you know, you have to be humble about it. You know, losses happen, situations occur. And that's one of the things I want to identify in this community. And that's what, that's kind of what I separate. I want to separate the options millionaire community from all other communities is that I don't want to shy away from losses. Everyone is so hesitant to post losses and like, oh, you took a terrible trade. Yeah, you know, we all take losses. I promise you, every single person takes losses. And I don't want that to become a stigma where just because you lose, you're stupid or just because you lose, you're a terrible trader. Now, if you're making terrible decisions, we need to call you out on it and say, yeah, you're making terrible decisions, bro. But let's fix it. 
and fear drives us to make a lot of those decisions. So if we can, if we could overcome that fear of what drives us, then we could start to become better traders, which is the whole point of this community. Like it's great to call plays and make money and do all that stuff, but I want us to learn as a collective to be better and identify those processes and all become one and be the best educational server out there. That's the whole point is that's why I want to do this for education. So I hope you learned a little something on this podcast episode. If you haven't already come out and check that discord out, you know, if you're new to the Spotify, you know, now that we're on Spotify now, if you're new to the channel, new to the podcast, uh, come check us out. It's a great educational resource. Hope to learn a little something about in this episode about how I think about fear. How do I approach it? How do I identify it? How I fix it? Let me know if you got any questions. You can always shoot me an email at optionsamillionaire2020 at gmail.com. We are, of course, uh, now on Spotify. Uh, and then come join me on Twitter, OPTS Millionaire. Uh, that's my handle there on Twitter. I post a lot of stuff throughout the day on market stuff. And then, of course, we've got our Discord that I post all of our trades, systems, processes, and uh, all thoughts throughout the day. So thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, I want you to all remember this. The only thing separating you from financial greatness is the decision to be better. I'm Andrew with the Options Millionaire community. Until next time, I'm out.